0: Alright, hello everyone. Uh, I'm Trey Stevens and welcome to the first episode of BNT Talks Politics. Uh, I'm the T in that I'm Trey Stevens. Uh, I am a 16 year old senior uh, from Kentucky and I look forward to covering, uh, covering everything politics with my
1: co-host Braylon Breeze. And my name is Braylon. As he said, I'm the B in that title, and I am also a senior. But I'm 18 years old, and also reside in Kentucky. And I'm looking very forward to our political analysis we have to offer.
0: All right, Braylon. Before we f- fully jump in, you wanna you wanna just do a preview of what we're covering this episode?
1: Yep. Let's dive right into it.
0: So, uh, so we'll start with uh, with covering a funny article that Politico <laughs> magazine put out. Uh, Talking about 2024 presidential candidates. So some of the candidates uh, gave Politico their top 20 songs, mm-hmm. so we'll get to cover that. that. That that should
1: be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All the way from Vivek Ramaswamy to Cornel West. That would oh, be a yeah, fun that, topic I'm, to I'm, dive into. All the way over the political <laughs> spectrum there. So, Our next topic we're going we're to discuss is the political world of Joe Manchin and what's up yeah. in his world. He said he's not— well, We'll dive into it more later, but Joe yeah. Manchin's a very interesting figure. Where's his political future stand? We'll dive more into that later.
0: And what's the future of the no-labels party also yeah. right there? Uh, newest GOP uh, primary poll numbers. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Donald Trump's lead is only growing. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Latest debate. That can only We'll see what the, the debate yeah. did to change the numbers. Yeah. And uh, lastly, our topic of the day will be the Rhode Island and Utah primary elections that happened last night. There are special elections from representatives that retired, stepped away. Uh, we'll dive into how those are looking and what's the future of the parties in those states with these results we have.
0: Absolutely. And we'll we'll, we'll just get to touch on the Alabama congressional match just a little bit mm-hmm. before yep. we sign off. And uh, I guess without any further ado, let's jump in. Let's jump in. All right, starting out, uh, definitely one of the more fun topics we'll get to cover cover here on BNT talks. Um, Politico magazine asked the 2024 candidates to pick their songs that quote, stir their souls. (laughs) So uh, uh, they reached out to all the presidential candidates. Uh, They got responses from uh, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Will Hurd, Larry Elder and Cornell, Cornell West and asa hutchinson uh all over the place yeah yeah, absolutely so we'll get we can start out with chris christie some of the highlights his number one song thunder road (laughs) brace bruce springsteen uh living on a prayer by bon jovi um Let's see, what else? Uh, Roxanne, Hotel California. We got some Elton uh,
1: John. Elton
0: John, uh, Mr. Brightside. So, I mean,
1: yeah. how do you feel about Chris Christie's list as a whole? The one sticking out to me here is the Ed Sheeran with Castle on the Hill. He has some modern in there and Coldplay. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. But he's given me very, it's a very Chris Christie playlist, I feel like. It's a very, he's 40 years old, around 50, 40, yeah. 50. Yeah. It's his era of music. A lot of music I like. Tom Petty on the bottom with Running Down a Dream. I like his feel. I like his taste of music here. Yeah, I like it too. I love Mr. Brightside, Hotel
0: California. Yeah. Some great songs. Uh, moving bad. on down to uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, oh, topping the board is I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. Uh, we've also got Cruel Summer by uh, Banana <laughs> Uh Call Me by Blondie. Uh, Jolene by Dolly Parton. Uh, that's an Jane, interesting take. Yeah. Uh, Dancing Queen and No got, One Is to Blame by Howard Jones. What
1: else? We also we got Mr. Brightside. Yeah, Mr. Brightside
0: there. making an appearance on both Chris Christie and Nikki
1: Haley's That's list. Steph Leopard on the bottom. Oh yeah, but I can't say I, I can't say I like this list as much as Chris Christie's though. It's a little bit more. I don't want to know all these people to be honest. Cat yeah. Stevens, right, which
0: Nikki Haley is is a little bit older. Uh, True, uh, mid mid fifties there. So mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so but I mean still fast car by luke combs i just saw that gotta get a little song, I'm pretty gotta sure. got get a little country in there. yeah
1: uh moving, chris chris top for me so far though. oh he's yeah top. yeah uh
0: moving on down to vivek ramaswamy and what? i think it's hilarious starting short out. playlist uh yeah he he only contributed eight songs most of candidates oh. put out 20 uh ramaswamy topping the board with lose yourself by eminem
1: well we all know the viral clip with him rapping
0: uh, yeah yeah that's true <laughs> that's true uh centuries by fallout boy believer by Imagine Dragons. Uh, and Dream On by Aerosmith also on the list. Uh, thoughts on this? I mean, it, it's a. It, oh, and I I can't leave out the number two Rondo Alatura, Uh Excuse my poor Italian. There by Mozart. Um, so um, that is all. That's I feel like it's in one place. Then Rondo Alatorre just yeah, right out there.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a same vibe from all of these, and then you get Mozart thrown in. Right. The vibe I'm getting here is it's like basic radio songs I feel like it's not a, it's not really a great taste from Vivek much like what I think of him but it's not a lot of uh I don't know pretty basic playlist short playlists definitely basic definitely basic and I, and I
0: feel like it, it is it it does there's not a lot old on here though no it does speak a little more to the young to the younger generation mm-hmm. that he's kind of looking at mm-hmm. uh, moving on down to what one of the lesser-known candidates on this list will Hurd, a uh, former Texas congressman um space cowboy um topping the list i gotta go by robert earl keen um i go blind hootie and the blowfish uh eastbound and down by jerry reed i feel like his campaign <laughs> his campaign would like to transition that over to debate bounded down but sadly for the yeah. herd campaign that's
1: never going to be true yeah. um we got uh, some seven nation army in there a yeah, big hype yeah. song yeah. Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. Oh, oh,
0: wow! That that's a hot take right there. <laughs> very uh, random. What what do you think of what do you think of Congressman list?
1: It's a very I don't know what to take of this. It's all over the place. We go from hooting the Blowfish to Eastbound and Down to uh, What Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he really listens to these songs. <laughs> if he does, it'd be interesting to talk to him about this. This is a interesting playlist he put together here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, moving on down to, to Larry Elder, another lesser known candidate, of course, the mm-hmm. California conservative radio host, mm-hmm. uh, what pops out to you on this list?
1: Um, phil collins i see a phil collins song not one i'm aware of though yeah from take me home we got a beatles
0: oh yeah yeah the beatles make an appearance here uh, we've got uh, topping the list is my girl by the temptations followed <laughs> by uh, i think a, a very good song in midnight train to georgia yeah yep. uh i think this is a and then rainy night in georgia mm-hmm. um so off to georgia yeah yeah definitely uh frank sinatra towards the bottom oh hey would you <laughs> look at that um but what do you think of this list mm,
1: can't relate with much of these artists yeah, yeah, uh, likewise <laughs> I likewise can i can't about personally five.
0: say that i've heard a single one yeah. of these songs oh we do have some simon and Garfun- Garfunk
1: look there yeah, i can yeah. relate a little more to that
0: uh moving on to the former arkansas governor asa hutchinson only contributing eight you gotta songs. Put
1: 20 songs in there
0: i but i do like governor hutchinson contributed eight Very, it's a very solid list. Mm -hmm. Ophelia Levin Hell, uh, Levon Levin or Levon,
1: we'll go Levon, Levon
0: Helm, uh, uh, and then Sweet Caroline, uh, by Neil Diamond,
1: (laughs) an incredible song, uh, so we've got a pink song get the party started the beatles when i'm 64 garth brooks
0: yeah uh friends in low places at that
1: uh, <laughs> it's very arkansas governor type absolutely for me. I, f-
0: I feel like it i feel like this list best encompasses the person that's giving it more sure. than any of the other lists for sure. so i feel like this is a great list that that the Asa Hutchinson campaign sure. was able to put together. And, and then last but certainly not least, uh Cornell West. Oh
1: Cornell, you only got four songs he like yeah,
0: only put forward four songs. So uh so that's Love Supreme, the caravan of loved, respect, and Mississippi uh goddamn. Uh not a fan of not a fan of the profanity uh, <laughs> by the by the by the the candidate there. But but, the Green Party. Yeah, the Green Party candidate, so
1: I um, couldn't tell you any of these songs or artists. It's about as uh, known as Cornell West's presidency campaign <laughs> at the moment, and hopefully that, it stays that way for the future months to come. That that's true, but
0: uh, it it's an interesting list. So yeah. Who had the best list in your opinion, and who would you like to see a list from okay. that didn't have
1: one? For, I mean, it's the first one for me. Chris Christie—it's right up my alley with the '90s, mm-hmm. '2000s rock stuff. It's mm-hmm. uh, definitely number one for me. Love the Tom Petty in there. Yeah. And out of the ones, I'm really interested to see what is a Ron DeSantis list. Okay, like? okay. We didn't get one, uh, and I'm really, really curious what his taste is. See,
0: for me, I, I feel like the best—the best list. Uh, from a political standpoint, is Asa Hutchinson at best encompasses who mm-hmm. he is. For but sure. as far as a list, I would listen to. It's probably also going to be Chris Christie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a just a note to everybody: you can find all these lists published on Spotify. Just so, just look up literally Chris Christie's top twenty <laughs> songs or or Vivek Ramaswamy's mm-hmm. top eight songs. Yeah. So they're all here. They're on playlist. It, it's definitely interesting. Definitely. Uh, I would like to see what Mike Pence and Tim Ooh. Scott's Ooh. list looks like, because okay. there's no... There's no faith-based songs anywhere mm-hmm. on this list mm-hmm. that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So those candidates are very appeal, very much appealing to the evangelical wing of the Republican mm-hmm. Party. Would they put them on there, or would it stay a secular list? I'd be interested to see that.
1: Maybe one of them would add the the church clap song to one of their playlists. Have you heard of that one, Trent? No, I, I am no. not familiar with that <laughs> I think one, it's but... right up your alley. That'd okay. be a fun song that's like to see on a playlist, and I think one of them too could maybe have that. Okay. All right. Well, it, it's definitely. I I applaud Politico for putting this together. It, it's definitely
0: been made a great segment
1: here. All right, our next topic up here is Joe Manchin and his whole wonderful, mysterious presidential nomination. If it happens, if it doesn't, I, I feel like we could all encompass Joe Manchin's
0: political future in this yeah. topic because. He he said he's not making an announcement until January. Is he Mm -hmm. running for Senate? Mm -hmm. Is he running for president? What party is he running under? Mm -hmm. We've definitely seen a no labels. Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's a path there, especially the country has said time and time again, they don't want to see a rematch of Joe Biden, Donald Trump. They're unhappy with that. And that's where where we're headed. So I feel like there is a great path there for Joe Manchin. If he wants it, and... I don't know how much of a path there is to re-election in the Senate, though.
1: Let's dissect this. Let's say, let's start with the Senate run. Let's say he decides he's going to run for Senate again. Mm -hmm. He's going to go against, it's the current governor of West Virginia, correct? I believe so, yes. Yes, who is also a former Democrat, but now he's a Republican. Right. What do you think his chances are against this guy? (sighs) Not good. Not good. Uh, Joe
0: Manchin, I, I feel like, has... You know, he became such a figure mm-hmm. in tw- oh in the last few years, and even now with the Senate still, uh, so, so, you know it's not at fifty fifty anymore, mm-hmm. but it was at fifty fifty, and you know they, they Saturday Night Live called him the de facto president of the United yep. States. Yep. So I feel like he his popularity in West Virginia and nationally has definitely cratered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like his path is, path to getting reelected is definitely not looking good But in the Senate. But then again, presidential run, I mm-hmm. think that could go very, very well.
1: For the Senate, not touching on president yet for me, but for right. the Senate here, Jim Justice, who is the governor currently, is running. He's already announced he's going to be the Republican bid, more than likely, and he's going to win that nomination for West Virginia. Right. And he'll likely rematch against Manchin if Manchin decides to run uh-huh. but as we've seen across the country it's becoming increasingly harder maybe with an exception in our state of kentucky uh-huh. for a democrat to win in a deep red state right it's right. becoming hard it's becoming hard for the opposite too just because it's so split now in the political world that it's just hard for an opposite side to gain any traction. It's only going to become increasingly difficult for a person like Joe Manchin, even if he plays the centrist role to win in a radically like right leaning state like West Virginia. And I just can't, I don't, it's hard for me to see a path where he wins this in against Jim justice. I have a better, time believing that a person like joe tester in montana wins than a joe Manchin.
0: yeah it's also important to point out that it's not a guarantee jim justice is going to be the candidate uh west virginia congressman alexander mooney is also running Mm -hmm. uh so anything's possible there uh but going on to no labels there's definitely a path without (sighs) doubt and but where do the votes come from do they come from both sides evenly or where do they come from
1: more in your opinion no labels. is uh-huh. definitely a, a topic that's been hot in the press lately. Right. With their president, they're wanting to put a presidential nominee up here, and Joe Manchin seems like a frontrunner for that. And in my belief, I feel like he's all. It would be almost certain that the no labels takes away votes from the Republican Party if Trump is the nominee.
0: Definitely, definitely, because there are Republican, definitely, are Republicans across the country that will not vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. I think we have to look at, since we're living in a no-labels fantasy right yeah, now yeah. or talking and what I feel like we also have to look at what other no-labels candidates could siphon away votes uh, from both sides. You have to look at somebody like Liz Cheney. Yep. Could Where would she get now, votes from?
1: I feel like Liz Cheney is more appealing to some moderate Dems for her stance on the January 6th insurrection compared to somebody like uh, Joe Manchin who just... Um, Seems to make Democrats more mad, but Liz Cheney seemed to make Democrats more happy, even though she's not even a Democrat.
0: Right, right, right. But, you know, it, it would definitely be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But definitely feel like a no-labels candidate in a Donald Trump-Joe Biden rematch has a very good chance to do well. And I feel like Joe Manchin has uh, is the best suited for that
1: guy. What state does he win a state? <sighs> I mean, I, it's hard for me to even see him winning West Virginia, to be honest. Because it's such, I, it's, I feel like it would. I feel like what
0: I could see him winning more than West Virginia is Virginia. He really thinks so? Virginia of all places. I feel like Glenn. I feel like if Joe Man. I I don't know. Glenn Youngkin won the governorship in Virginia. He did. by staying away from Donald Trump. Mm -hmm, he did democrats are definitely not popular in virginia currently you know they have big elections this year i feel like if joe manchin campaigns a lot
1: virginia is probably the state suited best for him to win that is a take that's a take that you're willing to stand by virginia's state democratic party has obviously been a failure in the past as Glenn Yunkin has now taken over that spot and um Maybe that is the place, but I can't see his home state of West Virginia being it. I think it's too much of yeah, Trump I, I, country. Yeah, I agree.
0: I agree. I agree. All right, moving on. Newest, uh, newest polls in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. We're covering a morning consultant poll right now. Donald Trump, a commanding lead getting 60 percent of the vote followed by Ron DeSantis at 15 percent vivek Ramaswamy at eight percent mike pence six percent nikki haley five percent chris christie three percent tim scott two percent asa hutchinson one percent doug Burgum and will Hurt will heard polling at under a percent yeah so and then one percent going yep. to a general someone else yep. so thoughts on this
1: um well, Trump's commanding lead stays where it is. I mean, that's it's pretty- Even growing. Even, yeah, even growing because DeSantis continues to fall apart campaignly.
0: That, absolutely. That campaign is, you know, it, it, yeah, I feel like it's right now, the DeSantis campaign is the textbook definition of doing less with more. Yeah. The money's there, the people are there, and they're just not doing anything.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'd go as far as saying DeSantis would have been better off not even running. At this point, I feel like it's. I feel his like it definitely image. has hurt
0: his national profile. Yeah. Um, what outside of Donald Trump's commanding lead? Mm-hmm. Let's look down okay. at the Tim Scott to Ron DeSantis okay.
1: area. Who's who's poll? Who does this look good for poll wise? I mean, just looking in the morning consultant here, Vivek Vivek, yeah, Ram, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy is lower than he has been. He's he's lost uh, a point or two or three. Right. Mike Pence, about the same, around the 5% range. Uh, but I'm looking at a Nikki Haley or Chris Christie here. So you feel like
0: I, – I, I feel like Nikki Haley is – Outside of Donald Trump, I feel like Nikki Haley's campaign is the only campaign that could look at this poll as a win, because mm-hmm. DeSantis is 15% low, yep. Ramaswamy's 8% low, mm-hmm. Mike Pence is 6% is low, yep. Chris Christie's 3%, Tim Scott is low, yep. Tim Scott's 2% is the worst on here. That is atrocious, yep. especially from where, because he was by many seen as the best dark horse candidate yep. and now he's being passed by the likes of mike pence nikki haley and chris christie yep. uh the only other campaign that could maybe take a win from this mm-hmm. is the asa hutchinson campaign because <laughs> they are beating out doug burgum and will hurt it's already a low bar for the asa it, hutchinson, it, the, the bar I mean? is low i mean i so but there that's maybe a you know i was talking about the ron DeSantis campaign doing less with more or yep. ex, excuse me Yes, yes, less less with with more. more. I think the Asa Hutchinson campaign is maybe doing more with less, Um, as you were saying.
1: To touch on the Nikki Haley thing again, I mean, I just think overall in the polls, she's polling like around six, seven percent with all the polls averaged right now which uh-huh. is the highest she has been since she basically announced her campaign. Right. And I think, as you see here in the 5%, she it's from her debate performance Absolutely. in the past week or so. It was a great performance for her. She could ring in some moderate Republican voters who are on the Trump train, took away maybe some of the DeSantis vote. Uh-huh. And I think I think she's really, she's really the dark horse for the Republicans right now. And as, as long as she's on the debate stage, does what she does the first time, I can only see her continuing to rise and maybe getting the second or third spot here.
0: Right. Uh, I think a, another thing to look at is Ramaswamy is, is starting. I feel like, you know, nobody knows where this campaign is going to go. No. But Ramaswamy may have hit his his, his metaphorical glass ceiling. Yep. He's at 8 percent. That's down from 11 percent, mm-hmm. uh, which was his all time high. Uh, and, and the and another the interesting part of this poll, they put another part down here. Where voters choose their second candidate, and if it's not Donald Trump, and in that poll, Ron DeSantis commanding thirty six percent, Vivek down at twenty one percent, Mike Pence at eleven percent, Nikki Haley at six percent, uh, don't know or no opinion at fifteen percent. So, and no other candidates appearing. So, what do you think about that?
1: I mean, I think I think this just shows the power of the the Trump sector of the Republican Party. Uh The moment the Trump supporters don't have Trump to vote for here, DeSantis gains 21 points. Right. Vivek gains 13. And then Nikki Haley's like getting nothing, basically one point. Right. Which is what she's not going for the Trump vote. Basically, Uh she's going to ring in moderates and people who aren't voting for Trump here. And it's just it's. It's alarming for anyone that's not on the Trump train in the Republican Party more than ever, I think.
0: Right. And uh and that was among that was among uh respondents who'd originally picked Trump. Yep. Another thing we bounce over to is respondents that initially picked Ron DeSantis. Who do mm-hmm. they go to second? They go 34% to Donald Trump, 21% to Nikki Haley, 19% to Vivek Ramaswamy, 14% to Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. Just 2% of them do not have opinion. Yep. So the immediate thing that Pops out to me is that according to this, DeSantis voters are at a much higher rate, a much higher awareness rate of the other candidates. For sure. Um, and Mike Pence and uh Mike Pence picking up a nice, nice number there, yeah. 14%. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think this is just it just leads to the end leads to the the argument that DeSantis voters are more moderate leaning than a Trump voter. Right. Uh, Nikki Haley just goes through the roof here, even past mm-hmm. Vivic. She's twenty one percent, and she's really—I mean, this is giving Donald Trump a run for his money. If this was the case, and to say this falls out here,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, moving on down. Um, what what else do you see in this in this uh, favorability ratings? Yep. Favorability ratings. So, Donald Trump. This is among Republican primary voters. Donald Trump has the highest favorability rating at
1: seventy six percent it's a, it's literally, it's a little higher than I expected, to be honest. Yeah. 76%. So that's telling you, is there really three quarters of Republicans here that are on the, the Trump train?
0: You know, that is interesting because according to this poll, there's 16% of people that say they have a favorable opinion of Donald Trump but are not voting for him. Yeah. So, you know, if Donald Donald Trump is the head of the is the rather you like him or not Donald Trump is the most popular figure in the Republican Party. Yep. So if you like him, why are you not voting for him? Mm-hmm. Is my because he's already uh, he already heads the party. Uh, what I want to touch on here are the high unfavorable percentage. Forty eight stands out. Forty eight percent of Republicans find Chris Christie unfavorable. Forty two percent find Mike Pence unfavorable.
1: Chris Christie, it's it's just, it's just a little shocking to me because he's so unfavorable in the Republican Party, but I would make the argument that Nikki Haley is more of a moderate than Chris Christie is, and she's somehow more favorable in the Republican voters. I
0: think the thing here is Chris Christie has been adamant about the attacks against Trump. Mm. And if you'll notice, Chris Christie's unfavorable ratings, if you add in the 12% that people that really haven't heard of him. They're almost an exact reverse of the Trump, of the Donald Trump favorability rating. So Donald Trump is unfavorable by 22%. Chris Christie is favorable by 26, uh, favorable in 26%. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're have an unfavorable opinion of Donald Trump, you're more than likely have a favorable opinion of Chris Christie. Mm -hmm. Um, What I, what, you know, I know Mike Pence's campaign is looking <laughs> at a 46% favorability rating. Yep. It's not exactly good news, nope. but I would say look at it as good news because that is considerably better than where it has been. Mike Pence, among Republicans, has had some atrocious numbers. There are more people here that have a favorable opinion than a non-favorable
1: opinion, and I think that's that's good news for the Mike Pence campaign. I just think for Mike Pence to be a real runner in this race, he has to change his approach he had in the first debate. I just feel like it – I don't think it touched with the moderate. I don't think it touched with anyone that's he's striving to touch for. It just felt like a very old Republican Mike Pence thing. He's got to change his strategy here, even though there are 46% that approve. Only forty percent of that forty-six percent is not saying that's their first option. So there's obviously an issue here for Mike Pence.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But got maybe the Mike Pence campaign can find a little bit of solace in that there that Mike Pence as an has a forty-six percent favorable opinion, while probably the nicest guy in the Republican primary, yeah. Tim Scott, only has a forty-three percent favorable yeah. percentage. So that's, that's, you got, you got to be a little bit happy. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim Scott does get the lowest unfavorable rate though mm-hmm.
1: at just 16%. So,
0: so 23% that's
1: say they don't know who he is though, which is probably uh, d-
0: concerning, yeah. concerning yeah. to say the least. Um, but yeah, and then you get down to poor, poor Doug Burgum and will heard, uh, almost half of Republican <laughs> voters do not have, quote, never heard of yeah. though, according to morning consultant.
1: So that's interesting. Doug Bergen was on the national stage shooting people—he was,
0: and as was <laughs> and of uh, Asa Hutchinson at a much better thirty-three mm-hmm. percent. It's still not good, but mm-hmm. it, considerably better. Yeah, considerably better. But uh, moving on, do you have anything else you'd like to you'd like to grab out of this poll?
1: My 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 main takeaway conclusion argument here is it. The only way somebody beats Trump, in my opinion, is if you get a candidate like DeSantis who closes up shop early. And he drops out of the race. Then you could see a lot of those DeSantis voters, as we saw in this poll, flock to a Nikki Haley. Right. She skyrockets in the polls. She's only 10 points behind Trump. Then it becomes competitive. Ted Cruz, Donald Trump in 2016. Competitive race. Absolutely. And I think that's the only way you see this race become that competitive is if you see a DeSantis drop out.
0: Do Republicans, uh, do Republicans, do some Republicans like, I'd say, uh, some people that spoke out against Trump in twenty uh, in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, uh, do they need to find a backbone and get back into into getting on the channels and sense and, and put pushing against Trump for anybody else to have a chance? Like like maybe like a John Kasich. I mean,
1: I think it's it's your only option if mm-hmm. you want to be competitive on a national stage for the future. We saw in the midterms in twenty twenty two. Trump Republicans just do not perform well, whether you like him or not. Uh-huh. It's just not a populist or it's not a populist like argument to have. Uh-huh. The Republican Party has to change to the more moderate DeSantis. Even, I mean, DeSantis is even more popular than Trump. Right. Uh, Nikki Haley stage like they just got to get back to where they were 10 years ago if they want to stay
0: competitive. And it's interesting that you mentioned populism because I think Chris Christie said this morning yeah. that conservatives need to stop need to stop confusing populism and conservative and conservatism. So mm-hmm. that that's interesting. But Republican voters have a big choice. I I I can I can pretty firmly stand by that I have faith in them to make the right choice. Republican voters that they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But. We'll see. We shall. We sh- shall. Iowa caucuses sooner than you think.
1: It is. It is.
0: All right. The last segment before we wrap up for today, Wednesday, mm-hmm. September 6th. Last night, uh, Rhode I- voters in Rhode Island and Utah went to the polls for their primary elections. Uh, former White House aide, uh, former White House aide Gabe Omo, uh, uh Uh, son of uh, Liberian immigrants, won the uh, Rhode Island primary and is likely to become the first African American to represent Rhode Island in Congress. That was not a competitive primary. uh, But moving on to the Utah Republican primary for uh, Utah's second congressional district, which is being vacated by Congressman Chris Stewart, uh, that is down to, uh, that race remains too close to call between Congressman Stewart's chief legal counsel, Celeste Malloy, and former state representative Becky Edwards. Uh, Mm -hmm. The major thing on the ballot here, you know, it's on the ballot, but it's not on the ballot. Uh, Malloy has been been very positive Trump. Mm -hmm. You know, Becky Edwards has been very Mm anti-Trump. Still too close to call. Malloy uh, Malloy, uh, results, uh, he's about two points up right now, but mail-in votes are still coming in. The uh, Utah Second Congressional District had about eighty percent reporting right now, so still too close to call. Mm-hmm. What does this race tell you about the national slate? About how the national Republican voters and the Republican voters in Utah feel about the Donald Trump indictments? Yep. Is
1: a Trump endorsement still a good thing in the Republican Party? To answer the first one, simply no. I think Utah is a state you got to look at. Utah over time has slowly been going. From deep red to likely red, I I don't I don't agree with that. I think Utah has been going
0: from solid Donald Trump to against Donald Trump. I I think it's a Trump
1: thing, not a Republican thing. Looking at Utah, I think the I mean Utah, they rep a, rep, a congressman of theirs is Mitt Romney, yeah, who, senator uh, senator, yeah, and I think Mitt Romney is the face. Of the Republican Party that Utah wants.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I, and I agree. And I think that he will win by yeah, great numbers. For sure. Where, uh, where their other senator, uh, gracious, ran against Evan McMullen, Help me out here. Mike Lee. Mike Lee did not win with good yep. numbers. So I think.
1: I just, I think this primary, I went on a greater example of it. But this primary just shows that the Utah Republican voters are even more split on Trump versus not Trump than places in a place like Kentucky. Right. These are more, Utah has more moderate GOP voters with the Mitt Romney senator. and. Uh, it's a nail-biter right now. It could yeah. go either way, 80% yeah. reporting.
0: Well, we will update you guys with that on our next uh, on our next podcast. We'll also get to touch on the Alabama congressional maps. Hope mm-hmm. the state's been rejected twice now. Hopefully they get it right the third we'll time. See. We hope to have an update for you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to BNT Talks Politics. I'm Trey Stevens. I'm Braylon Breeze. And we're signing off. Have a blessed weekend.